This episode is brought to you by TBS. It's October, and that means the MLB postseason is back on TBS. You can watch the biggest and brightest in the American League take the field and battle it out for a spot in the World Series. There will be crazy hits and clutch performances, jaw-dropping action from the Division Series on October 11th, and, of course, you have to watch the crowning of the next American League champion. Catch the best of the MLB postseason all month long on TBS. heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome. To the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Friday, February 19th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Jimmy Murphy ready to break down the Friday uh, NHL card. Of course, shorter card as we would expect normally on Fridays. There are four games. So we'll take a brief look back at what we saw last night. It was a busier slate uh, in NHL action. Some interesting results. Uh, the Nashville Predators continue to suck. Uh, that was one of the headlines from last night as they lose 3 nothing. Uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets, best bet uh, winner for me on the show. That was on, uh, Alex liked uh, Columbus as well. Uh, what else is new for Nashville? I mean, putrid offensively. It's It says everything about the struggles offensively to put the puck in the net for the Nashville Predators that there are only two teams behind them in terms of goals scored in the NHL this year per game, Detroit and Anaheim. That's it. That's where Nashville is. You know, and people have got this preconceived notion in their minds that Nashville will f- figure it out. Nashville's been in the playoffs, you know, every year pretty much for the last decade. All the great run of success they've had. Those days are gone, in my opinion. You know, I've seen enough now of Nashville at the end of last year, this year so far. This is just not a very good hockey team. I think it's time to admit that. And again, we saw that last night. We know the special teams has been bad. We know the goaltending from Soros and Rene is just not consistent enough on a night-in, night-out basis. And it's just not a team right now that I'll be looking to back anytime soon as uh, the fade Nashville train worked out well again last night. Uh, the Leafs and the Senators game uh, provided the only offensive explosion, really, of the entire night. It was the only game to go over the total. It was a very low-scoring, under-trending night of action in the NHL last night. Ottawa-Toronto was not one of those games. Uh, the Leafs 
uh, getting the victory in the battle of the backups with uh, Michael Hutchinson in that, who actually played okay, gave up one bad goal. I think he should have had the shot that Tim Stutzla uh, beat him on. But other than that, uh, I thought he played well. Uh, of course, Ottawa started Marcus Hogberg. He gets injured. Matt Murray had to come in. And Matt Murray's coming off an injury, playing on the second night of back-to-back games. And you could tell it was hindering him big time. He was not at all sharp uh, for the Senators last night. The Leafs lit him up. And Austin Matthews, it's ridiculous now what we're seeing from this guy. 16 goals already this season. If you extrapolate it out, guys, to an 82-game regular season, Austin Matthews is on pace for 70 goals. You know, But of course, he's not going to get that because we're not – in an 82-game season, only a 56-game season. But he could actually still get 50 goals, believe it or not. He's still got a chance, at least, to get to 50 goals in a 56-game regular season, which would be absolutely insane, uh, unbelievable stuff uh, from him right now and the way he's playing. And I'll be honest, uh, Sheldon Keefe's made himself look pretty smart uh, in terms of putting Joe Thornton on the top line with Matthews and Marner because the chemistry with those three guys, it's been impressive to watch. Uh, Toronto gets the victory. They got a big one with Montreal coming up. Uh, How about the fact that the Flyers lose last night to the Rangers, although the Flyers were very shorthanded, and the Bruins lose last night to the New Jersey Devils, uh, three to two, two teams, like I said, on yesterday's show, where they're looking ahead maybe to the big trip to Lake Tahoe uh, on the weekend. Maybe, maybe not, but nevertheless, they both fall, uh, the Flyers to the Rangers, the Bruins to the Devils, and a little tip of the cap and then a golf golf clap for the New Jersey Devils and what they've done in these two games since returning from their COVID shutdown. Beat the Rangers, beat the Bruins, both on the road. Both key guys still out like Heeshear and Zajac, uh, among others, and they still win. And Mackenzie Blackwood, it's time to start talking about him as uh, the goalie, one of the better goalies right now in terms of current form in the NHL. He's been scintillating for the Devils these two games since they've been back. And he was good before the pause as well for them. So kudos to him. Uh, He's given them some stabilized goaltending for the Devils in between the pipes. So those are some of my thoughts. Alex, what did you see from last night? And what are some of your uh, takeaways and opinions from last night's action? Yeah, like I said, that's a big win for for New Jersey. Uh, I think it's more impressive beating Boston than it was beating the Rangers, of course. This is a New York team that's been kind of struggling, uh, you know, as of late, obviously. But, uh, you know, can't take anything away from their, the Rangers with their win. As you mentioned, the shootout against Philly as well. And like I said, those, I think the Boston and Philly were probably looking forward, you know, looking ahead a little bit to uh, the game they have Sunday, especially since this is the only lengthy travel they have. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens in that game Sunday, but also what happens in the game right after that for both of those teams. Uh, because, you know, everybody's just been, you look at that East, no one's traveled more than an hour and a half. Uh, anywhere, and you know, even though they stayed a couple of days, so for them to have to go cross country and fly back for the first time in well over a, a calendar year, uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see what both of those teams do moving forward. Uh, it's just like I said, and you know, Nashville, we kind of called it for the last year and a half now about Nashville. You know, other experts and and other sites would you know still high on other predators, thinking they're gonna be a, a good team in the central. Uh, you know, before the the realignment, and even now they thought there'd be you know kind of a hovering playoff team. But we were the ones that always kind of said you know this team's trending downward, uh, and now they've really kind of hit you know I would say rock bottom, but they're getting close to it. Uh, and you know with with some aging uh, top players and some huge contracts, they can't make a lot of moves right now, and they may not be able to make a lot of moves next year when everything gets back to normal from a, a calendar uh, schedule standpoint. So. Uh, it's going to be a rough go for them. And it's a team that you can only look to fade or pass with at this point right now. 
Yeah, no question. Uh, definitely. Uh, there, there's no doubt there's issues there for sure. Jimmy, we'll bring you in on this. And obviously, you'd be the per perfect person to talk about what happened to the Boston Bruins last night against the New Jersey Devils, who have stunned the hockey world in these two games coming out of their COVID shutdown. Yeah, guys, you know, it's interesting. Like, I, I agree with you. Maybe they were looking ahead to Lake Tahoe, and um, I'm not sure that the definite possibility would make a lot of sense. But what doesn't make sense is, is a team, is the Bruins just seemingly not taking New Jersey seriously from the get-go in that game last night. I mean, you know, I, I want to say if not for Halak, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, the Bruins were just asleep at the wheel. And uh, for them to be that way against a Devils team that I, I think besides the Islanders is, is the second best team they've seen in terms of how tough they played them. I mean, let's not forget those first two games of the season. The Devils took one of those games. I think it was in overtime. And the Bruins won one in a shootout or vice versa. But, you know, they were tight, hard-checking, nitty-gritty type games. You weren't getting much room at all. And the Bruins should have known that coming in. And that's exactly how the Devils have played since they've come back. And that's how they played last night. And I'll, I'll even go further to get specific in terms of a New Jersey Devils player. I don't know. You know, we're not going to get much value on him in a props. But just from a hockey standpoint, P.K. Subban has completely reinvented himself, guys. I watched him closely last night, and his defensive game is the best I've ever seen it in his career. Um, you know, we know that he's had some down years, and his, his salary cap, his salary cap pit is kind of hanging over him. But right now, he's he's saying, "Look, if I want to survive in this league, I got to reinvent myself," and that's what I think he's doing, and it's fitting well with the New Jersey Devils. And I would keep riding a lot of unders with that team because they are hard to beat, uh, especially with Blackwood between the pipes. Yeah, great thoughts about uh, P.K. Subban, because I've kind of noticed those same things with him. Uh, no question about that. You know, he's really – I think he, he, he took it to heart, and his comments in the offseason were, I know I have to be better. It was not the year I wanted last year with this New Jersey team. And to his credit, he's really worked on his defensive game because we always looked at P.K.'s game as one of these puck-moving guys that was a very high-risk type defenseman. he tried to make plays through the neutral zone, even if they were high-risk and uh, – potentially risk giveaways and turnovers with the puck. And the fact that he's reined that in, he's improved on that. He's taken a more, you know, pay pay, pay more mind essentially to being better, more responsible with the puck, being uh, in better position in his own zone. I've, I've noticed those same things. And uh, I think the coaching of Lindy Ruff, you know, has a lot to do with that. You know, we're seeing John Hines was the coach of New Jersey for a couple of years there, and they had a sieve defense with him there. And now that Nashville team, he's turned them into a sieve defense uh, as far as I'm concerned. So coaching, I think, has had a lot to do as well with bringing out the better play from P.K. Subban. Uh, I'll take Lindy Ruff any day uh, over uh, John Hines. That's without a doubt. Lindy Ruff's been a two- or three-time head coach now in the league, assistant coach with the Rangers for a bit. So uh, I think the coaching's had a lot to do with Subban as well. Plus he committed like to playing better and uh, New Jersey's a team to watch out for. This is now a few times this year. They've been these big underdog prices and you've seen it now already. Uh, first two games back, what were they about, you know, plus 130 against the Rangers. Of course they were plus 180, plus 190 last night against the Boston Bruins. Uh, big underdog tickets for those of you that have the faith to take the plunge with the New Jersey Devils right now. Definitely a team to keep an eye out for uh, moving forward. All right, guys, let's turn the page to tonight. Uh, four games on the on the uh, Friday night NHL card. We start with the Chicago Blackhawks. Alex B. Smith, Don in the jersey, 
Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, taking on Carolina, we've got Carolina minus 170 to minus 180. Home favorites, total six shaded to the over. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are uh, going to be disappointed that their set with the Red Wings is over because they just completely own Detroit uh, this season. Uh, get another uh, win against them Wednesday night. Uh, I'm impressed with Chicago. Uh, they just keep on finding ways to win. Uh, of course, they uh, split with Columbus, but uh, overall, this is a team playing solid hockey. They have uh, gotten themselves into contention, believe it or not, uh, in the Central Division. Now, the question is, can it sustain itself? For a full 56 games, I know there's a large crowd, Alex, that is just waiting for the other shoe to drop here uh, on this Chicago Blackhawks team. So far, so good for them. Uh, I've been impressed with what we've gotten out of Pat. Patrick Kane's been excellent. Alex DeBrinkett's had a nice bounce back season so far. Dylan Strome, Pius Suter in that top line with for Chicago has been great. And how about the youngster, Philip Kurashev? I think this guy's getting better every game. What a goal he scored the other night against Detroit. Highlight real stuff from him. Uh, all of a sudden, this team, I think, offensively percolating a little bit more. They've done it with defense. They've done it with goaltending, and they've trended under the total a lot. I don't know if that's going to keep up tonight, though, uh, against Carolina. This Carolina team offensively with Ajo, Svechnikov, Trocek, Jordan Stahl, of all people, one of the hottest uh, offensive producers and point producers and goal scorers right now in the NHL with what he's done for the Hurricanes uh, in recent games. Uh, I think it's going to be a much taller order for Chicago uh, defensively tonight. And as much as they've improved at that end of the ice, you also have to factor in the recent opponents of Chicago, Detroit, Dallas has scuffled offensively for a little bit. You know, Columbus is, you know, hit or miss offensively. Um, they haven't been tested by a really good offensive team. You know, Florida and Tampa, I keep going back to when Chicago played those two teams. And that's when they kind of struggled to keep the puck out of their own net a little bit more. And you got to put Carolina up there as one of the better offensive teams in the NHL with what we've seen. They're scoring three, four, five goals a night uh, repeatedly. However, on the flip side, I think Chicago can get on the scoreboard tonight. I'm not enamored with Reimer. He's getting worse, not better with every start. Alex Nedeljkovic started against Florida in that loss in overtime, and I thought that was maybe one of his worst games he's had with the Carolina Hurricanes. That one goal cannot go in. I mean, my goodness, the goal that made it 3-2 Florida – that can't go in. It was from a terrible angle right through the wickets of Alex Nedeljkovic. He should have had it. I don't think he had a very good game. So I don't trust whoever's in net as long as Morozik's still out for Carolina right now. So I'm looking over the total here. It's over six minus 115. I think it gets there. And I know the Blackhawks have trended under. They're going to face a major step-up challenge to shut down this Hurricanes team the way they're finding the back of the net right now. So I like the game to go over the total here, the Blackhawks and the Hurricanes. Alex, what do you think here? Chicago, Carolina. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Hawks have been playing great hockey, and I know a lot of people are, you know, trying to discredit them for saying, oh, well, you beat, you know, Detroit four times, you're beating Dallas, you're beating, you know, the weaker teams, but you're going to play who's in front of you, especially in a, a season like this where, you know, it's everybody within the division. So, you know, that's the thing. Good teams win games they're supposed to win. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you fall in the middle of the pack or you're at the top of the division where the Hawks are right now at the moment. Uh, and so with that being said, this is a huge step up in class for them. Obviously, they played, uh, you know, to two high-scoring affairs at the United Center a while back. Uh, and like you said, you know, Carolina is a great offensive team, but the goaltending's been a bit spotty. Uh, and I like this over as well, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see uh, what happens. I think we can get a better price in-game for sure, especially because uh, we saw with both of those games uh, before where, you know, it was only one goal uh, scored, and we ended up with seven goals at the end, and then the other game was just absolute haywire. It was 2-2 at the end of 20 minutes, and we ended up seeing 10 total goals out of that one. So 
Uh, but I think we can see maybe you know one goal or maybe no goals at all scored, and then we can get a better price uh, for the over. So that's where I'm circling any game. But I'm staying away from the side mainly because this is supposed to be a back-to-back set, and uh, now uh, tomorrow night's game has been postponed. Uh, Carolina is going to now take on Tampa Bay, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I, the last thing I read, reshuffling things around to try to make up for some games lost previously. Uh, so Lincoln is going to start for the Hawks, which means that you know I, I'm more tempted to either be on the Hawks or stay away from the game when he's in that as opposed to Subban. Uh, and, and the fact that they don't have to play now that extra game, they can kind of you know put a little bit more effort in and you know not hold back for tomorrow night. They'll you know be guns blazing trying to keep their spot atop the division. So it's a stay away spot for me on the side, but I'm going to look for, to play the total in game. All right, looking at a potential in game over for Alex in that one. Jimmy, what do you think here with Chicago Carolina? Yeah, guys, this game's kind of confusing for me. I, I don't really have a good grasp on it. I mean, part of me thinks I, I was kind of actually leaning towards the under, and I, I think you made some great points on your order, maybe top me up. But uh, I, I just was wondering, you know, maybe Carolina comes back and really tightens it up, uh, considering what happened in the last game with Florida. Um, you know, they got really sloppy in their own end and, and kind of loosey-goosey, so I, I think maybe they come back a little more focused. And then – you know, Chicago, they can go both ways. I mean, I, I'm with you guys. I don't think they're getting enough credit. They can play a low-scoring tight game, and they can play a high-scoring game as well. So uh, I'm going to pass. If, if I was to do something, I would actually lean on the under. All right, lean to the under for Jimmy with the Blackhawks and the uh, Hurricanes. But, uh, yeah, as far as the side is concerned, I'm not stepping in front of Carolina in this spot. They've been they've been perfect off a loss this year. And, of course, they're coming off the loss to Florida. They've been great at home. That was only their first home loss of the season, that overtime defeat against Florida uh, a couple of days. I think Ian froze. I don't know if Ian can hear me. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Ian froze. So. We'll just okay. move on to the we'll move on to the next game. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, yo, jump in. We just talked about the uh, Florida and Detroit game. We we kind of talked about these teams already because they played against Carolina and Chicago respectively. <laughs> and uh, you know, you look at what Florida uh, did. They were down two nothing quick. And like, I mean, I talked about it with Ian off air about how Florida and Carolina that game on Wednesday was a, a five o'clock local start, which is a bit of an odd time for a, a weekday game. And I think that kind of reflected how the game started. Both teams were skating really slow, weren't doing much, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Florida, uh, you know, goes down two goals. Carolina jumps out to it quickly. They get two goals in 22 seconds. Uh, and then Florida wakes up in the second period, eventually gets the lead back. It goes 3-3, and then they win it in overtime, 4-3. Uh, you know, this is a Florida team that, you know, played really good. And there are a lot of people saying the same thing about Florida, saying about the Hawks, that, you know, this is a team no one expected to kind of be – up toward the top of the division right now. Obviously, they didn't expect them to be at the bottom, kind of be a middle-of-the-road team, but they're playing some good hockey. They've got some some solid offense that comes in spurts and waves. Uh, the goaltending's been really good. Uh, Chris Drager, uh, he, he, I think he's really you know surprised me as, as far as backup goal is concerned. I think he's one of the better backups now uh, based on some of the, the efforts we've seen. He's, you know, not going to be a, a guy who, you know, threatens to take over Bobrovsky's job, obviously, but he's definitely going to be, uh, you know, someone that you can run. He's not auto-fade material as far as betting is concerned. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be scared to, to play on Florida when he's in net now. And on the flip side, Detroit is just absolutely horrendous offensively. 
you know, so you, you wonder with this game, can't really look at the total because of these contrasting styles. Detroit would, you know, obviously rather play a 2-1 game or Florida would like to, you know, be a little bit more up-tempo, uh, a little bit higher pace. I think if any team's going to score here, it would be Florida. So I'm looking at Florida, the team total over three and a half. You can get it at a really good price of plus 115. I think they'll be able to find the back of them more often than Detroit, which obviously would lean to them uh, winning the hockey game. But, you know, this, this price is a little bit high, even with a, a regulation play. I'm going to stay away from the side and just run with the team total. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like in this game between Florida and Detroit? I'll tell you, uh, Alex, I mean, I love the way Florida's been playing. And like I said, I think it was two days ago. Look, they're for real. And no doubt, I give them a lot of credit. They got off to a kind of a, even before the season started, it was very uh, tumultuous with the whole Yandel situation and COVID. And, you know, I give them a lot of credit for bouncing back from that and having the, the start to the season they've had. Uh, that being said, after the wins they've had in the last couple games uh, and how emotional and uh, roller coaster those those games were, uh, this to me reeks of a letdown. This is, just seems like one of those spots. And, you know, Detroit sometimes is tough at home on those Friday night games at home in Detroit. They've historically played better on those nights. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm a Red Wings fan. And I can tell you, that was one of the few guaranteed wins. You could always think of Detroit being an underdog and stealing a game at home on a Friday night over the past 10 years, 15 years or so. So um, I, I like the wings in this. I'm going to take the dog. Give me the, the wings straight up in this game. Okay, yeah, you can get the wings. Uh, yeah, you can get the wings around plus one fifty, plus one fifty-five, uh, in that spot. That's a good spot. Also, history is not on your side with this one. They have lost nine of the last ten meetings uh, against Florida, but uh, and that goes back to them being the and they were in the same division for a while too. So it's not just a, you know something that you see you know uh, as, as kind of just a two-game set every year. So, uh, but but like you said, yeah, I would not be shocked uh, to see you know if Detroit if they can get their offense going early in this game. Uh, you know, they they can hang around and, and possibly pull an upset, but if that's the thing. You gotta, you know, they're they're in that spot now where we talked about with a couple of teams, kind of like Anaheim, where they're gonna have to rely on playing so much tighter defensively. Where if they don't get the offense rolling, the next thing you know, okay, they give up a goal, but now they gotta, you know, play even tighter on the at the back end, and they don't, you know, take enough chances, and now you know they're down two zero, they're down two one, three one. So you know, they put themselves in, into a, a tough spot by not having. Uh, solid enough offense. So it, it all depends on what, what Florida's defense and goaltending really does. If they can shut things down, then it, it might uh, it, it might be a, a tough night for Detroit, even at home. And like you mentioned, they do play well. You know, we talk about scheduling spots throughout the year. Detroit at home on a Friday is it has historically been a really good spot. It's like, you know, I talk about fading Chicago at home on a Sunday at, uh, evening. Uh, you know, yeah. those things kind of really do play out over time over the years. And uh, so that that is a good a good note you mentioned. So, you know, Detroit at home as an underdog on a Friday that is usually uh, historically a good schedule. Spot. All right, looks like I'm back, guys. Sorry about that. Um, I know you're talking about Florida and Detroit. How about Florida's road mark here? Five zero and one on the road this year for the Florida Panthers. Obviously, they're playing great hockey. I'm on Florida in regulation tonight, minus one fifteen for a smaller bet. It's not as uh, strong an opinion as some of the other plays tonight. Uh, I worry a little about the spot for Florida. You just played Tampa three times in a row. You just played a barn burner with Carolina, you know, overtime in the last game. I'm worried this is that flat spot potentially, but 
the same point in time, is Detroit going to be good enough to you know take advantage of it? I'm not all that sure. I'm not all that confident in that. So I'm on Florida here in regulation, minus 115. Uh, Alex, what did you say you were on here? In the- I'm on the Florida team total over three and a half at plus 115. All right, that's a good, that makes sense too. I mean, Florida's just scoring goals left and right. Jonathan Huberto is highlight real material every night right now yeah. for the Panthers. He's been yeah. awesome for them. Uh, look, he's always been a great player. He's ta- he's taken it to another level. He's now playing at a level I haven't seen out of him. He's always been really good. He's he is one of the best players in the NHL right now. That is what how he's playing for this Panthers team. Again, Chris uh, Drieger continues to be outstanding in net. Believe it or not, for the or solid at least. Uh, and you got to wonder now, Joe Quenville hasn't been overly reluctant to give, just hand the job, the number one role to Sergei Bobrovsky this year. And so it, it's pretty phenomenal to see uh, this little goaltending situation unfold the way it has so far in Florida. But their defensive play has improved. Uh, there's definitely a lot to like with this Panthers team. There is no question. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what do you think here? Panthers and Red Wings. Yeah, I'm not sure if you he can hear me and like going a little in and out, but if you can, I took the Red Wings uh, to win. All right, big. I don't. You know what? The spot's a little tricky for Florida. So if if you believe in that, and I think Jimmy does, you know that's what you're banking on here uh, for the Red Wings against Detroit. So liking them at plus one fifty five, plus one sixty, even in some spots with the Red Wings. Uh, we move on to could be the game of the night: uh, Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, Battle of Alberta. It's anything like the first meeting where it was 6-4 Calgary. It wasn't quite as rough that game uh, as we thought, but there were still some scrums, still some almost fights in that game, and you know you're always going to have the chance for those kind of uh, fireworks when these two teams meet. Uh, We've got Calgary minus 105, minus 110, uh, total 6.5, shaded to the under. I've had a good read this week on Edmonton. I uh, I bet against them with Winnipeg in the first game between the Jets and the Oilers this week. Jets won that game 6-5. Came back and bet on the Oilers in the second game against Winnipeg. And, of course, they won that game 3-2 the other night. So had a nice little run, you know, when to bet on, when to bet against the Oilers. And I'm going to be going against them here tonight with Calgary uh, at minus 110 here in this game. Um, Jeff Ward was pissed off after that last game against Vancouver. 5-1 loss to the uh, Canucks. Uh, They were terrible with the puck. Uh, they just broke down, made bad plays, were too soft in coverage defensively. It was a bad game, and Jeff Ward was just uh, critical of their lack of effort, lack of work ethic, lack of compete, all of that stuff. He says, we have to start giving a shit about what we're doing. It was his exact quote after that game uh, against Vancouver. So it was a bit pretty uh, – he hasn't had to – it really hasn't gone uh, public with, you know, excoriating his team very much since he's been the head coach of the Flames, but he did that after the 5-1 loss to the Canucks the other night. Uh, I would expect a, a much better effort from Calgary. Maybe they're, but the the, the the part of me that's having trouble, even though I'm on Calgary, is that there's no doubt Edmonton's in better form right now. They've played pretty good hockey. They've played pretty well on the road as well. They've been able to get wins. Remember, they shut out Montreal uh, on the road uh, in, the, in uh, the end of that road trip. Uh, Mike Smith's been solid. He had a Bad game against Winnipeg when that 6-5 loss uh, on Monday, but he bounced back, played a lot better uh, the other night. He's definitely been good uh, in between the pipes. Um, but I just think Calgary after, you know, just they didn't play well at all in the, most of those games against Vancouver. Even the victories, they were fortunate to win the first game in Vancouver against the Canucks. They got badly outplayed. Jacob Markstrom stole the game. 
They got uh, badly uh, outplayed in the Saturday game. They lost that one. They did win the uh, last game in Vancouver, the third one. Very fortunate because you could say Vancouver was as good, if not better. And then, of course, they get uh, just crushed by the Canucks in the fourth and final game between those two teams in Calgary the other night, 5-1. So their play, their recent form has definitely been trending downward. Uh, I think coach gave them a wake-up call after the last game, and you'll see a much more spirited Calgary team tonight. I just think from a situation and a spot perspective, Calgary is a side that I'm looking to get on here tonight. So for me, uh, I'm going to go with them minus 110. As far as the total goes, I can't bet anything but over here for a very easy reason. We saw 6-4 in the first meeting. It's going to be rough. It's going to potentially get nasty. There's going to be potentially a parade to the penalty box. And you've got two teams on the power play that can make you pay for taking penalties, especially Edmonton, uh, whose power play is in really good form right now. That's what concerns me about the under in this game. I understand it's six and a half. It's a high total. But I just worry that the physicality and the nastiness ramps up as I expect it could between these two teams. You're going to see a lot of penalties, a lot of power plays. And obviously that is not good uh, if you're going to be betting an under. So I would only look over the total, honestly. I don't love it, but I would only look in that direction. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Battle of Alberta. I'm looking forward to it. Oilers, Flames. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. The first one was an absolute uh, beauty of a game to watch. And I think it's going to be kind of the same thing. And, you know, if you're in-game betting, if you're if you're a novice in-game better, this is going to be a tough one to kind of go back and forth. But this is this is kind of an advanced-level game, especially was with the 6-4. Uh, I was able to cash three of those next to score props. But it, it wasn't easy because it wasn't just completely back and forth. You had, you know, some lapses uh, at times where Calgary was dominating the pace of play, and then Edmonton kind of took over. Then there were times where Edmonton scored uh, a goal where, you know, Calgary had a power play. They looked like they were, you know, primed to score. They make one turnover, and the next thing you know, Edmonton scores. So this is definitely, uh, you know, going to be a harder game to look at from an in-play perspective. Uh, I might jump on the over as soon as the game starts. Like I said, you know, that six and a half, you can catch a six quickly uh, if it goes scoreless after that first t- that 15-minute break timeout. Uh, so that's something I might be looking at, but like to, can't, can't look at an under. And, uh, you know, I worry about Calgary's form. They put their one 10 of the last 13 against Edmonton, but their form as of late, it hasn't really shown that too much. So, uh, I'm going to stay away from the side altogether and just look for stuff in the game. Maybe they're not good. I, I still think this is a decent Calgary team, but could be a good Calgary team. If they are, this has to be their spot to step up and maybe, yeah, maybe win. at least play really, really well. I expect that from them tonight. Play really, really well. Will it be enough to win? Of course, you never fully know that. But I do expect if there's an A game or an A effort from this team, if they're capable of it, you would think tonight's the night. Because when Ward says something like this, it's time to take charge and take control of what we can. We certainly can control the way we start. We certainly can control how we pay attention to details, how hard we compete, uh, all of that within our control. It's time for us to start giving a shit about it. You know, that's exactly what he said after the uh, 5-1 loss to Vancouver. So he's trying to wake them up, and uh, we'll see if they do. I I don't argue. Edmonton's in better form. If you believe in better form, and the eye test tells you the Oilers are playing flat-out better right now, but the eye test doesn't always work. Uh, And I just think Calgary tonight, after getting a pretty – after hearing their coach lace into them the way he did, I think it's a a spot where it's a wake-up call. And look, they're looking up at Edmonton now in the standings. So this is an important game. Uh, for them tonight hosting this Oilers team. Jimmy, what's your thoughts? Where do you stand with this one, Oilers and Flames? 
Yeah, I'm with you on the over, Ian. I think, you know, like you said, the last game we didn't really have that rough stuff, but I think it's due. I think it's coming. Uh, and I think we're, we might even be coming up on the anniversary of that crazy, insane uh, game last year when they had the goalie fight uh, the, with the Flames and the Oilers. So I think we're in for uh, old-school hockey tonight, and I like the over an old Smythe division feel, so to speak. So uh, give me that over. All right, I can't argue with that. I mean, like I said, I would be scared betting this game under the total. If we get penalties and we get a parade to the box, which is always possible with these two teams, that's not good uh, for the under. Uh, by the way, the last game uh, that the Oilers won 3-2 against Winnipeg, Connor McDavid, congrats, 500 points uh, in his NHL career. And he got to 500 points in his 369th game, the exact same game of Sidney Crosby's career in which he also got to 500 points. So pretty amazing because you know these two guys are going to get compared to one another when it's all said and done. These transcendent NHL superstars, McDavid and Crosby. You know, obviously Crosby entered the league in 04. McDavid in, what, 16, I believe it was. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, there's going to be, you know, when everybody goes back in the history books and they compare the greatest of all time in the NHL, you know, Gretzky and, you know, Crosby and McDavid, you know, they're going to get compared in that regard. So it's going to be interesting to uh, see uh, because, you know, that, that's why they bring it up that McDavid got to 500 in game 369, just like Crosby did, because, you know, uh, everybody just can't wait when these two guys are retired and do, do all that long ballyhooed discussion about who has the better career when it's all said and done, because, you know, it's going to happen. Oh, can't hear Alex. Alex is talking here. I can't hear him. Yeah, sorry. I see. Yeah, Connor McDavid's got a long way to go as far as uh, you know, reaching Crosby in my opinion. I mean, talent-wise, yes, he's on that level. There's no question about. But where's that, the cups? Where's the team? The, yeah, the yeah. resume. The, yeah. the, the the where where the playoff series wins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like let let's not even get into the conference finals and, and cups. Yeah. So uh, you know. Uh, that's unfortunate for him, uh, you know. And like I said, you know, we talk about it with this Edmonton team going back and forth. You know, at some point he might have to, you know, we talk about, you know, if you want to put him compare him to Gretzky, he's going to have to make that kind of Gretzky move at some point and leave Edmonton. Uh, and obviously not on the same terms because Gretzky was winning in Edmonton, but he's going to have to make that that painful move, in my opinion, for him to be compared to one of the greats uh, to match, you know, for his his credentials to match his talent. He won't be able to do that in Edmonton uh, his whole career. He's going to have to leave at some point. Uh, and, and go to a winning organization, an organization that can actually build around him, uh, as opposed to just making him the centerpiece and not adding any other you know, side pieces to that. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people want to make that comparison, and, and I, I thought about this recently. It was funny you mentioned that, Ian, because with Sidney Crosby, uh, you know, having the three cups, and you know, talk about you know he had a lot of injury issues, a lot of different things, but Crosby really is on that pace to be, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, one of those top fifty players. Uh, in the league, uh, you know, and, and the way he makes everybody around him better, that's a big thing. McDavid doesn't really do that. You know, McDavid's had a ton of different linemates and a ton of different pieces over, over the years. And other than Leon Dreisaitl, who who else has really made a super – and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who else has he really made a household name or superstar around him in this time in Edmonton? All valid points. And Alex, uh, maybe a little prognostication and foreshadowing to the future that maybe Connor McDavid yeah. is going to have his Wayne Gretzky trade moment where we'll see him there sitting in a press conference. I told Leon and Nuge I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> yeah, guys, guys, it's funny you say that. Uh, yesterday I heard uh, Pierre Maguire is talking on Montreal on TSN 690. And he said that uh, Ken Holland has the green light to go absolutely AWOL 
at the NHL trade deadline, and that he's going to do everything in his power to add a really big player uh, to get Connor that first playoff win. Because, uh, you know, Pierre said after that series last year, when they lost to Chicago, after everyone else left and just had his head down the whole time. So I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're on to something there. I think it's getting close to that point, and they're going to have to really step up if they want to keep them. And, you know, I, 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 you said something about making people better around you. It's almost like, I don't know, I'm going to show my age here, guys, but Connor McDavid's basically on the path that Dan Marino was on with the Miami Dolphins. That's the way I see it. Yep. And, hey, look, Marino did make a couple Super Bowls, but he just he never could win those big ones, you know? He was, he was amazing talent, great statistics. Clean, and you know it's sad and unfair that that's how people judge it. But when it comes down to it, you're judged by championships when you're a star like that. And right now, Connors doesn't even have a playoff win. Oh, he does from the first year. Yeah, my bad. But no, he hasn't had one since what 2017, right? So he's he's got to they got to win a playoff round for him, and he's gone. To Jimmy's point, if you keep all the statistics and the the years that he played in the NBA intact, you don't adjust anything in terms of his on-court stats, but you take away all six of those NBA titles. Do we look at Michael Jordan in the same, you know, breath as you know, greatest of all time and, and you know, incredible? For sure. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. And that's to your point. Yeah. You got to have yeah. some success. You got to have some championships here. Yeah. But that. even even. I guess what, yeah, and that's the thing. When you start talking about, you know, guys with no championships compared to guys with championships, because there's really not, you know, that kind of a heavy list in the NHL as opposed to, uh, you know, in the NFL or, or the NBA. Uh, most guys have at least one championship to their name, you know, at, at some point. Even, you know, you look at Ray Bork, all the years he spent in Boston. I mean, he was a Hall of Famer if he'd never, you know, made it to a, a, another cup final or won a cup. But the fact that he won, it really cemented that legacy. Uh, even a guy who was kind of middle of the range like Dave Andrichuk, when he finally won in Tampa after all those years, but he was a guy who's, whose numbers stood the test. Uh, you know, so that's the thing with, with, with McDavid now. You know, he's gonna have it's it's, it's going to have to be about winning for him. And I know he's a team player. He's one of those guys. But it, he's going to have to, uh, you know, go somewhere where they emphasize, you know, winning. Uh, in, in, a, in a big sense, and Edmonton's just not that place. And even if they make a run now, even if they make a run and win a series now, but if they get, let's say they win the first, you know, uh, that, that division semifinal, and then they get swept in the division final, you know, that still would probably loom just as badly as losing one series because all the work that he's done, he's carried that franchise on his back, and still they haven't given him enough. You know, he, that, that yeah. might be the breaking point for him still. Guys, how many how many years did Jordan go before he won a title? Was it five, six? Um, from eighty four to ninety one. So seven. Oh, so even more. Seven. Okay. So doesn't this remind you? Like I remember those Jordan teams before they were winning titles, and they were just never. They just they were there, but they were never good enough when it counted. Well, they could never beat Detroit. Times, right. They could never beat Detroit. They lost it to the Celtics. Remember that game. I was at that game when he had, what did he have, 63 points against the Celtics in a playoff game yep. in the first round? It was insane. But, like, they just do it. So, finally, their management, their ownership said, all right, we got to surround this guy with stars. And they bring in Pippen. They bring in Rodman. Yep. You know, they they get all these other guys. And 
that's Ken Holland's got to do that. You know, that's why he was brought in there because he's one of the best GMs in the history of hockey. Uh, so if there's a guy that can do it, it's him. But I just don't know with the salary cap how much you can do what the Bulls did then uh, to surround Jordan. I don't know if it's possible. Let's just say this, and I've drawn the parallels here to Jordan by bringing it up. You take away the six titles, but you leave the stats in place. What, what's then the legacy of Michael Jordan? It's a little bit different than the way we view him now. Obviously, it would be. And again, seven years until he won his first title. Now, this is five years now for McDavid. You know what's going to be freaky about the parallels to Jordan? If Edmonton Oilers are 2023 Stanley Cup champions, seven years into McDavid's career, they win that first. Then it's going to be really, really eerie to see the parallel between MJ and McDavid. But that's a big if. You know, can you see the Oilers getting their shit together in two years and winning a cup? I don't know. It's it's dicey. and the one thing is too that the at least the Bulls they were going to the conference final year after year after year. Like I said, they just couldn't get past the Detroit Pistons. Edmonton's not one of those teams where we see oh they're not like a San Jose where we saw them through the two thousands make it all the way to the conference final and then fall out. Uh, or you know even you know the years where the Hawks you know there's a couple of extra titles they could have had uh, this last decade if if not losing to the conference final. So you know that's the thing. And like I said, it, it's even the 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 lack of playoff history for him. Uh, aside from a, a few big games, and he was great in that series against Chicago. It was just the rest of the team that couldn't couldn't pick up the slack last year in the bubble. So, uh, like I said, it's it just it's a it's a rough spot. I just don't see it happening for him in Edmonton. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Edmonton goes and what they can surround McDavid with. Because again, we've seen this so many times with this group. It's just too much McDavid and Drysaitel, and a little bit from Nugent Hawkins when he's on a roll, but he's very streaky. And then outside of that, it's feast or famine. And you need more than three forwards if you're going to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, next up, final game, Winnipeg-Vancouver. Another North Division matchup here. We've got Vancouver minus 115 home favorites. Uh, the total six uh, shaded to the over in this game. Uh, the Jets coming off the 3-2 loss to uh, Edmonton. Vancouver uh, played really well in every game against Calgary, even though they lost a couple of them. They're playing better. There's no question. Uh, defensively, it's been a little bit better from them. They beat Calgary pretty good, 5-1. to one. Uh, in that last game uh, against the uh, Flames was one of their better games this year. Uh, Vancouver's playing well right now. Can it keep going here against Winnipeg? Winnipeg lost earlier this season uh, to Vancouver at home, so it's a little bit of a redemption situation and spot here for the Jets going into this game. They're very good off a loss. They've only lost two games in a row, the Jets, once this year. I kind of like the Jets a little bit. I understand Vancouver's played a little bit better, uh, but you're getting even money here with both of these teams, and you got Winnipeg coming off the loss. I do lean a little to the Jets. I like them. I like the over even a little bit more uh, in this game than the side. Uh, the Jets are one of those teams when they're off a loss, particularly one where they get held to two goals or less. Long term, they've been a good bounce-back team scoring-wise into the over. I'd expect Shifley, Wheeler, uh, Connor. Uh, and company uh, to really bounce back offensively tonight in this game uh, and play a little bit better. And again, Vancouver, you know, kudos to them. They haven't kept teams to one goal very often, but you know, Calgary, I think, uh, got them on a night where they just they like Jeff Ward said. We just talked about it. They weren't bringing their work ethic. They didn't really play to their greatest capabilities. I think you'll get that from Winnipeg tonight after losing to Edmonton the other night. They've been very good at you know, nipping losing streaks in the bud, this Jets team. So I like Winnipeg. I like the over even more than that, uh, over six minus 120 uh, in this game. Alex, what's your thoughts here with the uh, Jets and the Canucks? Yeah, I lean with Edmonton. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We talking about Edmonton earlier. I lean with Winnipeg here in, in this spot. 
uh, except the way they played against Edmonton, that was a you know a solid back and forth game. Vancouver, you know, and I was really high on them the last year and a half, last two years. But you know, even with them getting that big win against Calgary, you just wonder: can they string it together now? Can they put together two, three, four wins? Uh, that remains to be seen, and, and they haven't done well against Winnipeg. Uh, in in the last you know recent history, they've lost to eleven of the last twelve, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so this is a, a spot where I think you know Winnipeg uh, can you know really kind of put the pressure on them. They are a much more physical team. They're a much bigger team than Vancouver, and I think that you know this is that time of year now. We, as we get in toward the halfway point, those little intangibles start to to matter and mean a lot, uh, especially in, in this condensed portion of the schedule. So. Uh, it's just a lean with with Winnipeg at the price. Uh, I don't like it that much. As someone mentioned in the, in the the chat room, there's a lot of games tomorrow. There's more that I like tomorrow than I do tonight in the short card. So I'm just gonna kind of keep it keep it uh, you know simple, and I'm just gonna pass this one. But just lean with uh, Winnipeg. All right, just a lean to Winnipeg for uh, Alex B. Smith uh, in that one with the uh, Jets and the Canucks. Yeah, the uh, Jets have owned the Canucks head to head until the last meeting and the only meeting this year between these two teams. Vancouver went in, into Winnipeg and won that game. And that was in the midst of the Canucks, you know, when they were were struggling. And I think they just dug in and they played one of their best games and best defensive games, clearly of the season in that win against Winnipeg uh, earlier this year. But I think the shoe's on the other foot now. Jets know they lost the previous meeting to the Canucks. I think you'll get a chance to see them bounce back here. Jimmy, what do you think here with uh, the Jets and the Canucks? Yeah, guys, you know what? I'm going to go with the under in this game. Um, I don't know why. I got a gut feeling we're going to get a little goalie duel going on here uh so give me the under for this all right like an under six uh, plus 100 uh hope was very good against uh, calgary the other night uh you would think that travis green's probably going to come right back with him we'll see if that's the case here uh, as they face winnipeg tonight all right that is the friday nhl card before we get to best bets we want to remind you uh to sign up download i should say first the DraftKings sportsbook app sign up for an account use the promo code thpn the hockey podcast network to get exclusive deals with your DraftKings betting uh, account uh take advantage of it you know you'll get special exclusive deals by downloading the DraftKings sportsbook app uh signing up for uh, an account on the app and using the promo code thpn all right best bets for this friday nhl card uh let's go around the horn uh, and see if we can uh, keep it going. It was a good night uh, pretty much. for uh, uh, It's been good for best bets this week overall, so hopefully we can keep it going. Alex, what do you think your best bet for Friday night? Yeah, I got one play and one play only. That's the Florida Panthers. Team total over three and a half plus 115. Like I said, uh, you know, if they score early, they can really turn the, the uh, afterburners on and, and blow out this Detroit team. Detroit's going to have to try to slow things down early to, in order to ha- have a chance, but I don't I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think Florida, they should be able to get at least four goals here against uh, what's been a, a struggling Red Wing team. So Panthers team total over is my best bet. All right, Florida Panthers team total over three and a half plus 115. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Jimmy, what have you got best bet tonight? You know what, guys? No best bet for me. I'm just not a big fan of this card, so I'll leave it as is. All right, there we go. That's okay. Uh, nothing wrong with that. All right, best bet for me uh, on this uh, Friday NHL card. I'm going to go to. Uh, uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm going to do Calgary. You know, even against the flow of Edmonton's current form right now, I just get that sense after the tirade. Not the tirade. He didn't like scream and yell, but he was pretty, pretty adamant, Jeff Ward, that not good enough, not acceptable. The performance the other night against Vancouver. 
Uh, and it's important for Calgary to start banking some points on home ice, especially against teams that they're behind in the standings. Uh, I think Calgary brings their A game tonight, and hopefully that gets them the W. I'm on Calgary minus 110 against Edmonton. Uh, that'll be my best bet for this Friday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys for Friday, February 18th. Make sure you join us tomorrow. Live on YouTube, we'll be on the air at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific. Breaking down the Saturday card, we'll look ahead to that uh, Lake Tahoe showdown between the uh, Golden Knights and the Avalanche, the first of the two uh, games between uh, in Lake Tahoe this weekend. If you've seen the images, man, it looks like a beautiful, gorgeous, picturesque setting for really these two does. hockey games this yeah. weekend at Lake Tahoe. I mean, it's stunning imagery coming from the rink where they put that rink in Lake Tahoe with the snow and the mountains in the background, the beautiful skyline. Unbelievable. Like I, I, I just soak that kind of shit up. I just do. I, I love it because I've, I've, I'm usually someone that'll go to a cottage in the wintertime once and as well multiple times during the summer. And if I can get that great scenery, I just enjoy it uh, immensely. So seeing those images coming from Lake Tahoe was pretty uh, cool to see that. Looking forward to breaking down that game tomorrow as well as the entire Saturday card. Uh, we have uh, a ton of games tomorrow when you look at it. Uh, I'm going down the list. We've got 12 games on the NHL slate tomorrow. So it is a loaded Saturday card. Make sure you join us live on YouTube at noon Eastern to, on Saturday. And if you can't join us live, make sure you download and listen to the podcast version of the Ice Guys available on all major podcast providers. For Alex B. Smith, for Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.